chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, bringing you fact-based news and views and keeping listeners on the pulse of what's happening in the industry today. Advocates and analysts will join us to discuss the ongoing path to reform and legislation. Now, the State of Cannabis, with your host, Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis, folks. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Daniel Stockman from the Nebraska Interstate Drug Defense. Daniel, welcome. Thank you. Nebraska, uh, you know, it's uh, it's, a, it's a border state for uh, what we would call, you know, our, our typical either either recreational or medical marijuana. And, and we, we do see some some troubles generally at the borders. However, it sounds like Nebraska might have had might have had a, a few more uh, incurrences than others. Uh, tell me what, what you're experiencing there in, in your home state. We're experiencing quite a bit of uh, increase in enforcement along the interstate. Interstate 80 is the interstate that travels east to west through Nebraska, connects with Interstate 76, which is in the panhandle of western Nebraska, uh, which obviously borders Nebraska. In the last year or so, we've seen quite a uh, an uptick in uh, uh, enforcement along the interstate with law enforcement uh, positioning their law enforcement vehicles along the interstate looking for vehicles with out-of-state plates traveling to the east, presumably, according to law enforcement anyway, from Colorado, and then they're being pulled over and detained while law enforcement searches to determine whether or not the vehicle contains any, uh, what Nebraska would consider to be contraband uh, marijuana so, purchased from Colorado. So let me let me ask you this. So so based simply on having a license plate that doesn't say Nebraska, is that constituting like a probable cause? The officers know what they're doing as far as how to uh, conduct a traffic stop. They're not pulling them over and stating the reason for the traffic stop was out-of-state plates. They're They'll follow the vehicle and wait for the vehicle to uh, commit a traffic offense. Our Constitution says you can't pull, the Constitution says you can't pull a car over randomly or just because it has out-of-state plates. You have to wait for the vehicle to commit a traffic offense. What they'll typically do is wait for the vehicle to commit some sort of traffic offense, whether it be speeding or not using a turn signal or following too close, which is a favorite one of law enforcement, or crossing over the divider line or driving on the shoulder, you know, there there are innumerable number of traffic offenses that pretty much everybody commits on a regular basis, and law enforcement just waits until the vehicle commits that offense and then conducts the traffic stop. Now, are the, uh, are the law enforcement, are they doing, you know, like the, the random open air uh, dog searches, um, or are they doing uh, anything to just kind of steer uh, the, the line of questioning to uh, be able to search the vehicle? What they will uh, typically do once they pull the uh, vehicle over, what the law allows for them to do is conduct an inquiry that's related to the reason for the traffic stop. So in other words, if you pull somebody over for speeding or not using your turn signal, ask for license, insurance, registration, run the driver's name, maybe even the passenger's name for uh, once and warrants is what they would call it to see if the person maybe has a warrant out for their arrest. They also run them for criminal history to see what sort of criminal history the individual may have. But that's what they're supposed to do during the course of the traffic stop are those basic inquiries. What uh, try to do during the course of that inquiry is conduct conversations with the driver and or the passenger about travel plans and itinerary and things of that nature in an effort to try to de- 
what law enforcement calls indicators of criminal activity that, in their opinion, justifies detaining the individual beyond the scope of the original traffic stop. Once they get to that threshold in their mind, uh, then typically what they will do is uh, take the canine unit or a drug dog and do the open air sniff around the car, have the dog alert on the car, and then once the dog alerts, uh, then it's their position that they have probable cause now to do a full-blown search of the vehicle. And obviously at that time, if you've come back from Colorado, you're carrying your prescription, uh, you know, then you're, you're going to be going to, to, I would presume, jail. Most likely. It depends on if you're a medical patient, you have, you're carrying your prescription. Whether you go to jail or not in Nebraska depends almost exclusively on how you choose to take your medicine. Uh, Nebraska has decriminalized uh, user amounts of marijuana, or the uh, of the flower variety anyway, uh, so that less than an ounce of marijuana uh, is an infraction, and it's, it's a $300 fine. It's a non-jailable offense. So if an individual is found with that, the officer writes the citation and sends them on their way. But with the advent of all the different varieties of ingestion with hash oil and edibles and those types of things. Nebraska classifies hash or concentrated marijuana as a scheduled one controlled substance, which means we treat it the same as cocaine or methamphetamine or heroin. Uh, It's a class four felony. It carries anywhere from zero to five years in jail and a $10,000 fine. So if you choose to take your medicine in the hash variety, yeah, you're going to go to jail. You're going to get booked, uh, taken to the jail, whatever county you happen to be pulled over in. Your car is going to get impounded. Uh, you're going to have to wait until a judge sets a bond on you before you can post bond and be released. Uh, and then you'll have to face the felony charge. So, you know, I, I'm, in, uh, I'm in the southwest. I'm in Arizona. And uh, we, we uh, obviously, we have our medical law, but we also are, are plagued with uh, quite outdated, quite archaic uh, cannabis laws. We, we recently, uh, in about the last year, year and a half, uh, finally uh, have what seemed to uh, have overcome the, the, the difference in definition of dried flour versus a constant concentrated cannabis. But obviously, there's, there's a ton of backlash that, that's constantly occurring, these, these interpretations that county attorneys think create some kind of a loophole for what you know, clearly the public has indicated that they want to see happen. So, I mean, obviously, in Nebraska – uh, you have <clears throat> decriminalization. That doesn't mean that uh, that hash should still be lumped into uh, that same scenario. I mean, obviously, it's still cannabis, regardless of the preparation that has occurred on it. You guys have something that's kind of unique going on versus some of the other border states. You, you, uh, Nebraska is actually suing Colorado right now because of their current uh, legalization. Um, what What is your take on that? Yeah, Dave, Nebraska has filed a, uh, a lawsuit along with Oklahoma against Colorado. It's one of those rare instances where the, our United States Supreme Court has uh, jurisdiction over the case, and that's where the lawsuit has been filed. Uh, Nebraska is essentially claiming that uh, because marijuana possession is still illegal, uh, federally speaking, that it's state law uh, for recreational marijuana is in violation of the federal law, and they're asking this U.S. Supreme Court to declare it as such. So basically, they're they're hoping for the the preeminence of federal law over state law, which you know that sounds uh, like life and liberty to me, right there. Um, you know, we got to take a quick commercial break. Uh, when we get back, Daniel Stockman with the Nebraska Interstate Drug Defense. We'll be right back with you, folks. 
more State of Cannabis on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Great websites today need expert web design and development and need to be e-commerce ready and mobile friendly. But building a marketable and profitable website can be an uphill climb. Ready to make your new website or replace your existing website? Think Orange as the new way to get in the black. Orange Hill Development works with Fortune 500 companies and offer the same top quality development service at a fraction of what other providers charge. Brands like Absolute, Carlsberg, and Nestle trust Orange Hill Development. Find out why you should trust your website with Orange Hill. Contact Orange Hill for a consultation today at orangehilldevelopment.com. Doc Rob, the concierge for better living. Cannabis is just one of the many great plants that we have on this planet called Earth that we can use consciously and intelligently to improve our well-being. Take a real, raw, inside look at healthier living while sharing great ideas and improvements for a better quality of life. Learning to live and live well is a lifelong process. This is a journey. It could be you could be 80 years old or eight years old. You can still learn something that's gonna make tomorrow a little bit healthier, a little bit easier, a little bit happier, a little bit better. The concierge for better living with Doc Rob. Only on cannabisradio.com. Ignite the conversation on some trending topics along the Cannabis Radio social media network. Join our crew of thousands on our Cannabis Radio page on Facebook or at Canna Radio, C-A-N-N-A Radio on Twitter. Plus, look for our Facebook and Google Plus pages for all of our original programs and connect with Dr. Dina, Kyle Cushman, Dr. Mitch Earlywine, Nurse Heather, Doc Rob, the hosts of Gondrepreneur, and more. Connect with the growing Cannabis Radio social crusade at Canna Radio on Twitter or search for Cannabis Radio on Facebook, Google Plus, and Instagram and grow with us. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have uh, Daniel Stockman, uh, attorney for the Nebraska Interstate Drug Defense. Daniel, welcome. Welcome. Uh, we were just uh, discussing the uh, the the current uh, uh, the current law uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma have uh, regarding uh, Colorado's uh, Colorado's recreational law. I'm sure you have a ton more points that you'd like to uh, to to touch on with that as well. Yeah, and you know what's interesting about the lawsuit? Clearly, the voters of Colorado decided that that's what they wanted to do in their state was uh, allow for recreational marijuana to be uh, legal. Nebraska, in its history and tradition, has long been a proud and vocal supporter of states' rights on every issue, particularly on things like gay marriage. Uh, Nebraska has been saying that, uh, well, we should leave it up to the states. Let the states decide. And in Nebraska, our state decided that it should be a constitutional amendment uh, banning gay marriage and that the federal government shouldn't be allowed to tell what to do. It should be left up to the individual states. However, when it becomes something that they disagree with, then the state's rights theory kind of throw, gets thrown out the window. Uh, and now they want the federal government to intervene. You know, it's 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 kind of like 
calling the the kettle, uh, the pot calling the kettle black. You know, um, you know, I'd I'd like to just toss a a word out there, and and I, I'm sure you have you have a couple of finer points to uh, to hit on with it. Uh, White clay, Nebraska. Speaking of of the the last topic that we we had, it it seems to really so many of these states that they'll want these states' rights, but they'll want um, they'll want to have uh, you know uh, the the government. F- Come in when they they can't handle their own decisions. Sure. But what's what's going on in White Clay, Nebraska? Well, let me give you a little info about what White Clay, Nebraska is. White Clay, Nebraska is a town of about ten or fifteen people. It is on the border of South Dakota. Across the border into South Dakota is the Pine Ridge, South Dakota Pine Ridge Indian Reservation. White Clay, Nebraska is about two miles or so from the reservation, but in Nebraska versus South Dakota. And as is federal law, there is no alcohol allowed on uh, the Indian Reservation, uh, on the Pine Ridge Reservation. Uh, alcohol is not is prohibited. White Clay, Nebraska, uh, population 10 or 12 people, uh, at last count in 2013, sold nearly 3.5 million 12-ounce cans of beers. The highest per capita beer or alcohol consumption or sales in the country. And almost all of that alcohol is being sold to the Native Americans who cross into Nebraska from South Dakota, purchase what is illegal in on the reservation in Nebraska, and either consume it in Nebraska or try to bring it back onto the reservation. The tribal elders of the Pine Ridge Indian Reservation have been begging the state of Nebraska to clamp down on alcohol sales in white clay because of the devastating effects that it's having on the population of the Indian Reservation. And the state of Nebraska uh, and its governor, or uh, former governor anyway, uh, have simply said, basically, well, what do you want us to do? They're not breaking the law. Uh, We can't do anything about it. And it's had devastating effects on the population of the reservation. Um, uh, I'm, I'm reading an article right now where the numbers that I'm quoting to you are from 2013. It's 3.6 million 12-ounce cans of beers in 2013. And that actually is a decrease of 7.8% from 2012. So, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, the consumption is going down, but it went down almost 8%, and it's still over 3.5 million cans of beer in one year. You know, it's it's... It's mind-boggling, you know, when you can have so many varying degrees of of certainty that uh, that are that are our states. And to to highlight that, Nebraska, as you had said, is is a decriminalized state. So if you have flour, it's a a, a three hundred dollar ticket, non-jailable. But if you have hash, you're going to jail. Yes. Um, and if you are uh, on uh, on a border, and you just happen to be selling alcohol, can sell as much of it as you want going into a state that would not allow it. Right. It's it's just incredibly mind boggling that uh, that these dualities can can occur in a modern society without anybody realizing the the detriment both ends have. You know, obviously, if we have a a, a plant that hasn't killed anybody on record. When I mean anybody on record, I mean due to overdose. Uh, you know, people die from stupidity right. all the time, right. but they don't die due to overdose. They may have a terrible trip. They uh, they may have to curl up in, in a ball for a few hours, 
but they're going to wake up and, and say, damn, I really shouldn't take so much ever again. However, with alcohol, there, there is a, a, a limit that you can take, and then eventually it's going to kill you. You know, it, it's, it's mind-boggling that, uh, that we haven't pushed the envelope any further. We're going to take a commercial break here in a couple of minutes, but I, I want to get your thoughts on something. Um, obviously, 2016, we, we have a lot of different initiatives across the country. Uh, does Nebraska have anything currently in the works uh, regarding either legalization, medical, or, or further decriminalization? They, our legislature actually has a bill right now. Our legislature is in session right now. There is a, a medical bill that's made it through a couple rounds of voting so far. It is a, it's a pretty limited medical bill insofar as it's not going to allow for medical dispensaries to pop up. It's going to be administered through uh, the Department of Health and Human Services, and the bill is actually delineated specific ailments or illnesses that uh, would allow for the prescription. So it, uh, it's a little bit surprising that Nebraska is actually progressive enough to to get this close to a uh, at least a, an abbreviated version of a medical bill, uh, but it's close. You know, it's it's interesting um, when you when you reflect and, and you you look at the legislature in in various states, and uh, they can be just absolute opponents. And you know, even here in in Arizona, like I mentioned, but we have a, a very very uh, strict medical law. Uh, we have um, you know potentially we're going to have uh, tax and regulate come in twenty sixteen, but. When you when you really look at what the populace has to say, and what I'll say is, is currently right now there's a, a uh, from the Secretary of State's uh, office on whether or not we should legalize uh, and tax recreational marijuana, and it's been up for about three days, and currently it's 97 percent yes. You know, it's it's the populace, and and perhaps maybe it's a social media that's that's been able to to push you know this this more forward thinking for a lot of states. I mean, we're looking at you know Florida obviously came you know, close to, uh, to getting their uh, constitutional amendment or, or their bill passed. Um, we, we've seen uh, a lot of, of states, you know, even Alabama, that uh, forging forward with various types of, uh, of medical, um, medical laws as well. Um, we need to take a quick commercial break. Um, when we get back, uh, we have uh, Attorney Daniel Stockman uh, with the Nebraska Interstate Drug Defense. We'll be right back with you, folks. More State of Cannabis on CannabisRadio.com when we return. Your connection to quality cannabis insurance services is spelled K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R. That's Karcher Insurance. We have worked with ventures like cannabis for over 60 years. We're proud to represent over 50 companies with tailor-made cannabis plans for owners just like you to insure your product, your plants, and your pursuits. K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R spells out their full-service insurance services, ranging from commercial to bonds, to personal, from life to health, and more. Contact the team at KarcherInsurance.com and let our experience work for you. That's K-A-E-R-C-H-E-R Insurance.com. Contact Karen and the team at Karcher Insurance at 1-844-421-3560. That's 844-421-3560. 
growing green to generate more green. Hello to all you happy herbalizers, smiling trippy hippies, and everyone who believes in freedom and tolerance. This is The Grow Show, and I'm Kyle Cushman. From food to fuel, from remedy to resource. Welcome my guest, Ed Rosenthal, the guru of ganja. Let me ask you, right now I hear your lighter clicking. Are you smoking indoor, or are you smoking sun-grown? What am I smoking? I'm smoking concentrate. <laughs> Way to get out of the answer there. So you're truly like the, the, the king, right? You just have you just clap your hands and somebody brings you a bowl and you're all set, right? Mm, I wish that were the case. <laughs> the Grow Show with Kyle Cushman, only on CannabisRadio.com. Cannabis Confidential with Dr. Dina. Candid. I want to give you the inside story. Captivating. I want to introduce you to my kind and amazingly talented friends. Compelling. We get to meet some of the most amazing cannabis activists and warriors around. Listen in as medical marijuana pioneer Dr. Dina shares never-before-heard stories, chats with cannabis insiders and celebrity friends, and provides invaluable perspective and insight into one of the fastest-growing industries in the world. I want to share with you what was once confidential information. Let's expose the truth, discuss the issues, and learn the facts. Cannabis Confidential, only on CannabisRadio.com. Chronicling the latest cannabis industry news and headlines. Welcome back to the State of Cannabis, only on CannabisRadio.com. Once again, here's Dave Inman. Welcome to the State of Cannabis. I'm your host, Dave Inman. With us tonight, we have Daniel Stockman, attorney with the Nebraska Interstate Drug Defense. Daniel, welcome back to the show. So we were we were just talking about a couple of different things, just some atrocities. Uh, you know, white clay boggles the mind. I mean, obviously, uh, the the fact that uh, Nebraska and Oklahoma are are actually suing Colorado for for their current law uh, regarding cannabis legalization. You know, obviously, there's been a, a big influx. Because there's cannabis around, I'm sure. So you, you have a lot more border states that are going to see stuff coming out. People want to, you know, take the, their wares with them when they're out traveling. Of course, the biggest gating factor with the the laws surrounding you right now. I think the biggest factor that I've seen in the last year has really just been the increase investigation and interdiction by law enforcement. Um, it's really getting to a point now. And just to give you some background uh, info, in the last year alone, I have talked to on the phone over 20 people from over 25 different states were traveling through Nebraska on the interstate, heading east, presumably, according to law enforcement, coming from Colorado. They were pulled over on the interstate, detained and searched by law enforcement. Some people uh, are ending up with charges. Other people simply are just getting pulled over and detained and forced to spend an hour or two on the side of the road while law enforcement searches through all their baggage. Anecdotal stories from people who have said they've been pulled over multiple times as they've traveled across Nebraska. Uh, I spoke with a mom from Connecticut whose 19-year-old son was in Colorado this past March for spring break with a couple of his buddies, and they were driving back east and they got pulled over in the very first county that you can as they enter into Nebraska. They had user amounts of hash on them, so they all got booked for class four felonies and got their car impounded. They posted bond, got out of jail, got their car out of the impound lot, and proceeded to drive back home, 
only to be pulled over two more times as they traveled through Nebraska. They weren't arrested uh, at that point, but they were pulled over a total of three times uh, as they traveled east across Nebraska. And that was on the same trip? Same trip, yes. <laughs> Jesus. And, I mean, they, three 19-year-old white males in a car heading east. Law enforcement presumes that they have contraband from Colorado. You know, we were talking about the lawsuit earlier, and it's it's my opinion, and it's opinion of a lot of criminal defense attorneys in Nebraska that uh, law enforcement's making a point of enforcing this uh, and doing this interstate interdiction uh, type stuff uh, because they are being told they need to do it to support the lawsuit. They need to show that this is a problem in Nebraska and that it's affecting uh, law enforcement in the counties and the court, you know, in the criminal justice system, and they can't do it if they don't strictly enforce it. So just like uh, the the movement from alcohol prohibition to cannabis prohibition, we had all yeah, these right. prohibitionist uh, police officers that uh, they needed to keep their jobs. And uh, they needed to be able to have something to highlight that said, hey, look at what we did here. And, uh, you know, it's it. Prohibition is, is live and well. And, and it's it's incredible that there's there's so many people that you'll bump into even, you know, just on a day to day basis that don't realize that, uh, you know, cannabis is a, a schedule one narcotic uh, and it's federally mandated. It's kept all of our medical testing at bay because of these limitations That's that right. it has. It's 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 just devastating what happens to families over something as simple, benign, non-toxic, and shows so many uh, potential benefits to to not only the, the the body, the mind, and perhaps even society. Think about it from the view of the local taxpayer too, Dave. I mean, we're talking about some small rural counties in Nebraska that don't have very big budgets. You know, a few of these sheriffs are bankrupting their counties because. They won't stop uh, this interdiction uh, enforcement, and they're jailing people and prosecuting people, and their local county doesn't have the budget to support the the prosecutions. Their jails aren't big enough. The evidence rooms aren't big enough. They don't have enough lawyers. They don't have enough prosecutors. Uh, they're overloading the court system, costing the county hundreds of thousands of dollars that they're supposed to be using for the rest of the county, not for the uptick in law enforcement uh, and uh, increase in criminal justice budget because these sheriffs won't stop enforcing it. Sounds like a, a wonderfully efficacious way to uh, spend our hard-earned tax dollars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel, it's been a, an absolute pleasure having you on the show. It's, it's you know, again, it's it's incredible the uh, the, the dualities that uh, that occur in 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 our existence here and and thank you for for highlighting that and really you know driving home for some of the more fortunate uh you know uh, and obviously Colorado Washington um the medical states that don't realize that um these types of things actually exist um still to this day and to the degree in which um you know Nebraska is obviously experiencing and thank you for being a champion and standing up for the people's rights and, and, and helping, you know, untangle this, this mess that, uh, that law has bestowed upon us. Uh, Daniel, thank you. Uh, we'll have to get you on the show again one of these days soon. Another installment of the State of Cannabis. Again, Daniel Stockman, Nebraska Interstate Drug Defense, and I'm Dave Inman. Have a wonderful night, folks.
The opinions expressed on this CannabisRadio.com program are those of the guests and hosts and do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of CannabisRadio.com. Any rebroadcast or redistribution without proper consent of CannabisRadio.com is prohibited. 